So I'm, um, I'm pleased this morning to begin to offer three mornings, three morning sessions on uh, mindful speech and communication, on what's sometimes called right speech or wise speech, on having the speech and communication parts of our lives be more and more practice. And in that I'll be continuing what my uh, colleague uh, Nyaniko, Oren Sofer, offered uh, two weeks ago when he came down on short notice uh, and gave also, I think, I, I, don't, I haven't heard the talk itself, but he, he gave an introduction to speech practice. And in fact, we have been teaching uh, seven-day retreats for the last four years and just offered one uh, at the end of May. And so it, it, it's fresh and alive and I'm, I'm pleased and hopefully I'll uh, be able to uh, build on what he offered. How many of you were here for that presentation? Right? So this, hopefully this should resonate. And so my intention is for these three weeks to give a sequence of teachings and practices and each time to have some uh, interactive exercises. I'm going to uh, talk here. My intention is to talk a little less than half hour, have about 15 minutes of practices and then some time to discuss uh, together. And the practices would be focused on particular practices that you could then take home for the next week, work with, and, uh, and bring back notes and observations. So to be quite specific about the, the practices for the time between our meetings. So we can really have the gatherings here support your practice for the, the time between the meetings. Today I'd like to particularly focus on the importance and nature of speech practice, how it fits with the larger intention of awakening as part of, a, as part of the traditional Buddhist path of awakening, and then uh, give some specific teachings and practices that we could focus on in the next, uh, next week. And over the, uh, course of the ta- course of these three weeks, I want to particularly focus on foundational materials this week and next week. Uh, and then the third week, I'm going to focus on working with our speech practice in difficult situations. When, when, there are, when maybe our communication to some extent isn't flowing so well, even breaks down at times, how do we bring our how do, how do we bring those foundational capacities to challenging speech situations? And in all of this, uh, I, I wish I could have like 10 weeks um, because I realize in our retreat, I think we probably had about 25 hours of materials and of teaching. And we will be offering that retreat next year in June as a seven-day residential retreat. And uh, what I also love is that following that retreat, we actually are having follow-up groups over about two months uh, for the people in the retreat. So uh, this is a kind of practice which really requires support, requires practice, requires being there uh, in the world. 
I think we know that uh, bringing our awareness, our compassion, our wisdom to our speech and communication is very crucial in all sorts of ways. Um, First of all, it really helps us have our practice be alive more than when we're simply on the cushion. It's one of the key ways that our practice can uh, be something that increasingly is there for all the parts of our lives. That, uh, you know, sometimes initially meditation is primarily something that we do sitting for a certain period of time every day and then somehow bringing the, that practice out into the rest of our lives. And that's, that's certainly crucial and important. But uh, one, one of the areas that I've been most interested in is what kind of practices do we need to have our sense of cultivating mindfulness, awareness, compassion, wisdom, balance, equanimity, and so forth, peace. Uh, how, what kind of practices do we need to uh, have a sense of daily life as a very uh, alive um, time for cultivation of all those qualities. And we can't just, I couldn't just sort of say, okay, in all of your life, all the parts of your lives, be mindful, compassionate, and wise. Bye. <laughs> that wouldn't be so effective. We actually need teachings and practices that are a little more specific. And the speech and communication practices are a very important way to uh, enliven our practice and to broaden our practice so it's there in more and more parts of our lives. So much so that uh, I, like uh, many of you probably sometimes complain, think I don't have enough time for my meditation practice, right? Anyone sometimes complain? It's hard to get 20 minutes, right? How many? Hard to get half hour. Anyone have that? Okay, now when you start bringing your, your practice into speech and communication, <coughs> guess what? <laughs> Some of you have 10 hours a day for <laughs> spiritual practice. Many have three hours, five, depends on what our lives are like, what our work is like, but even you can bring this practice into email. Email is a form of communication. Uh, all sorts of uh, forms of communication. Um, and so it really, uh, for me, it's, 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 it's very key for, for that. It's also key because it's so vital to our well-being. That skillful speech, compassionate speech, can be such a power that when I'm in need, if I've had something difficult happen, and another person simply listens carefully to me, doesn't even sometimes have to say anything. It makes a huge difference to know, to feel like I've been understood or that there is connection is so crucial. You know, I think of, uh, I, think I thought of the words of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross when she was doing that groundbreaking work on death and dying. And she said what a, a dying person most wants is someone who is there and who is available to listen. And, that, and I think that's generally true in our lives. And um, when we are cultivating speech and communication practice, we're bringing that capacity more and more into our lives. We also know that uh, just as a few words or careful listening 
can be so crucial at certain times, so unskillful speech that can just take three seconds at times, can rupture relationships, lead to conflict, lead to anger, lead to harm, even lead to wars. That just a few unskillful words or uh, you know, communication where we are maybe acting out can have such a negative impact. I think often of this uh, wonderful New Yorker cartoon that I sometimes mention, which shows uh, a scene of uh, there's a woman who is sitting on a couch, apparently talking to a police detective, um, a police officer, and behind the couch there's another person who's taking notes, seems to be like another uh, police official, and then also behind the couch is, uh, are, I should say, are, uh, or is, my high school English teacher is on my shoulder, uh, is a pair of legs sticking out, um, looking like there's a body behind the couch with the legs and, and shoes sticking straight up, okay? And the words of the cartoon, which are apparently coming from the women, are, I misspoke. <laughs> he misheard. Shots rang out. <laughs> so we know that, right? We know that uh, something can happen so quickly, you know, and it's both uh, poignant and it's, uh, it's a reality, right? We can, uh, we, and we probably, some of it, some or many of us experienced something like that just in the last week or, or recently, that, there, that uh, there can be misunderstanding, unskillful speech. So very, 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 very crucial. And, and it's, it's a uh, wonderful practice. Um, what I have found is that uh, we can really start to develop a whole series of tools around, around our speech practice. And, uh, when, and what I'll be presenting, I'll be presenting some traditional approaches and quite a lot that I and uh, Nyanako or in Sofer that we've been developing in retreats. So quite a lot of what you'll get here is really being offered that you won't really find in books. Some of it, some of it uh, is in the book that I had, uh, have on the table, but a lot of this will be, and I'll try to be clear what's traditional and what's our own development of practice, but quite a lot of this is our own take, our own development of practice. Um, and so it particularly uh, uh, can be seen to be a development of what traditionally is called uh, right speech. Very interesting for me, it always has been, that in the traditional teaching of the path of liberation, the path of practice, the Buddha gave eight aspects of practice, eight factors or eight um, areas of practice for the Noble Eightfold Path, path of practice. And some of you know that it's generally divided into uh, an area that's connected with wisdom, which is usually translated as right, or I would say mature um, view, understanding, number one, uh, intention or aspiration, number two, and then three areas related to meditation, uh, related to a right uh, effort, which is especially the effort to be aware and to practice, 
and then mindfulness, and then concentration, and then three aspects related to more our daily life in the world. Uh, one of them is right livelihood. A second is uh, right action, which is really following the ethical guidelines. And then singled out is right speech. And I've always found that interesting. If you th- I always thought, okay, was, this was primarily for monks and nuns. Weren't they kind of doing silent meditative practice most of the time? Why do you have right speech there traditionally? And it is there, right? It's one of the eight factors. And when you actually read the text, you find that they were always being invited to dinner parties. <laughs> and they, they, that, that there's actually, they were interacting a lot. They were talking a lot. There was a traditional time each year when they did, were more on retreat, but nine months of the year, there was interaction and talk. So it's very interesting that this was singled out as a specific uh, focus. And what's key about uh, focusing on right speech, and something that I think we don't always understand in terms of this Eightfold Path, is that these are not separate areas, but what makes them, uh, what makes it part of the path is that they're all related. And so right speech has to be uh, related to uh, our basic understanding and our mindfulness practice and so forth. And that's what I'll really, really be emphasizing. All of this is for the purpose of awakening, which is the purpose of working through our greed, our, our hatred and uh, aversion, our confusion, our delusion, both personally and about the nature of our minds, the nature of things. You know. And from a more positive point of view, it's moving towards having something like wisdom and compassion be a force more and more in our lives. You know, a wonderful uh, teacher, Deepama from Calcutta, some of you may have read her, uh, her life, life story, and it's, it's in the bookstore, a wonderful book. She was asked uh, near the end of her life, what, what is your mind like? And she said, in my mind, there, is only, there are only three things. There is peace, there is concentration, and there is metta, her love. This was her report from, uh, from one of the most gifted meditators of the 20th century of her own internal landscape. You know. uh, and she came from a very difficult background. If you read, it's a beautiful book to read because you can see that she actually came to practice late in her life, relatively, in her 40s, I believe, after a lot of deaths in her family, and she was just, you know, she was living in Calcutta and was just a really uh, not a special person, right? And she just took to practice really strongly. And that was that, and, and that's really remind us that we aim to cultivate these qualities, that all of this is for the purposes of learning, <coughs> of awakening. What will be particularly um, important about the approach to speech and communication here, and some of this is not in the text. This is some of where I think I'm offering something that you won't necessarily find in books or even in other people's approach to this, is what, what I have found most helpful is an approach to speech and communication in which we develop a number of tools that really help bring together uh, three areas. And I don't know if Nyanako talked about this, but one of them is cultivating our, uh, our inner awareness. And so we want to be cultivating our 
sense of presence and awareness, both in general, and a lot of that we can do on the meditation cushion, but also be developing the ability during interaction and speech to have inner awareness. Another way of saying this is we want to have inner awareness and outer awareness at the same time, which is not easy. This is not a beginning practice. And that the, I think the direction that I'll be guiding us is to find ways and specific tools that help us to have inner awareness and outer awareness at the same time. What that means is that we want uh, first to be developing the capacity for inner awareness generally. We do that in our meditation practice. We, and we develop the capacity, for example, to notice more and more of our experience. This is our basic mindfulness practice. We develop the capacity to track what's happening, to notice what's happening in our bodies, to notice what's happening with our thoughts, to notice, oh, there goes my familiar, uh, whatever, storyline number three, right? There goes my self-judgment, there goes anger. You know, to notice thoughts, to notice emotions, that's a key part of our practice. And to have that capacity well-developed is crucial for speech practice because we want to be able, when we're in the midst of speech, to notice, am I getting irritated right now? What's happening? So much of our speech practice, or I should say, so much of our speech is more automatic. And in fact, my own beginning of practicing with speech and communication occurred uh, probably about 25 years ago. And I had a um, close friend named Emily, who was really like a practice partner. And we would talk to each other and practice, you know, probably, I don't know, maybe it was more than 25 years ago. But one day she just said to me, Donald, you know, you don't use right speech at all. And I said, hmm. And I, I don't know what I said at the moment. I almost said, well, was that right speech? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, but something took, and I, and I said, I want to really see whether I am using right speech, and I had to admit that my speech was somewhat automatic at that time. You know? And um, you know, within a year, it had never, it's never been automatic since then. No, not true. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, uh, I, like all of us, are sometimes on automatic, sometimes not aware, but it began really an inquiry into how to be more aware in speech. And so uh, we somehow bring that capacity, which we develop on the cushion, to really track our experience, thoughts, emotions, and the body. Part of what we'll be doing is finding ways to bring that into interaction and communication. Not easy. You know, we'll do that especially next time. I'll do, and we'll begin it in a small way today with some practices. And so there are a number of ways that we try to be more present, uh, try to cultivate awareness, try in our speech practice. One of, I think I'll just be generally inviting us in the next week. Can you bring a general presence to your speech and communication? Can you just try to be here? One of the tools that we'll use is learning to pause more frequently, which kind of cuts through the automatic quality. 
can you just stop in the middle of speech and just stop for a little while, just to pause. And that helps us sort of come back to ourselves, to come back to presence. Part of that quality of cultivating awareness or presence is also to be able to track increasingly when we're acting or interacting our thoughts, our emotions, just to know what's going on. Notice if I'm getting angry, if I'm getting irritated, what's, what's going on inside. In our culture, I think we often are 100% outward, like that, you know, almost. And, and then when we meditate, we're often 100% inward. What's being suggested is the possibility of 50-50. Or maybe, you know, maybe sometimes it's 20% inward, 80% outward, but some inward awareness. <laughs> And we'll find that actually what I'll be suggesting is that as a starting tool, mindfulness of the body can be very helpful because it sort of breaks the monopoly of the automatic mind. So even right now, I'll invite us, as you're listening, can you keep just a little bit of inward awareness? It might just be by feeling your hand on your knee. It could be 10% of your attention. I'll invite that just as a practice as I continue to speak. Keep a little bit of inward awareness in whatever way is helpful. And then there's also, there there are different ways that we cultivate awareness. So there are a set of tools that help us to cultivate awareness, both uh, awareness, uh, especially awareness um, uh, inside, but also increasingly awareness, awareness of the other, awareness of the other who is speaking. Then there are a set of tools that focus a lot on intention. And this is, this is quite important. So the most common traditional teachings that we find in the texts of the Buddha, I think are really, uh, they're both intention practices and they are to be brought into action. So the three areas that I'm mentioning are awareness, uh, tools that help us to cultivate more awareness, first. Second, tools that help us to have, uh, to bring our intentions into uh, our action. And then thirdly, different ways that we act, different ways, different ways that we speak, uh, specific speech practices, for example. And so the uh, second area of intention is very, very crucial. You know, that the, um, what we'll be suggesting, or what I'll be suggesting, is that the uh, cultivation of the intention to understand, to connect, to be empathic with another, to connect with, out of the heart, that these are very crucial aspects of speech practice. And we'll be, I'll be bringing those out. So there's sets of tools around awareness, sets of tools around intention. The traditional teachings are, can be understood as fitting especially in the second and third areas. The, tr- the, the most common traditional teachings, and I mention this from time to time here, are the offering of four basic guidelines for our, uh, for our speech and communication. They are first, to be truthful, second, to be helpful, thirdly, to come out of a good heart, and fourthly, to have appropriateness, which often is expressed in terms of timing, to have good timing, 
to ask about the appropriateness of particular speech. And so you can see how these are really about intentions. Like I have the intention to be truthful. I have the intention to be helpful. I have the intention to really connect through the heart. I have the intention to be timely, to be appropriate. And those particular uh, four guidelines are really crucial. And what's really key is that they all have to be there together. We can't just be truthful. So being truthful is very, very crucial, but we need all four of them together. We can actually be truthful, helpful, and uh, come out of a beautiful heart. And if we don't have good timing, it can be a disaster. Interesting, right? And so let me say a few words about each of these. The quality of truthfulness is very, very central. And sometimes when right speech or mature speech is given in a condensed form, it's reduced to being truthful in some of the usages in the text. That being truthful is crucial. It's obviously necessary for there to be trust in our relationships. We have to have a sense that the other person is being truthful. It's really the, as it were, the outer expression of a clear mind. You know, to be truthful is, is very, very uh, crucial in, in the tradition. And part of what we want to uh, look for in our practice is we want to look in when am I not being truthful. So we can use these four guidelines almost as a starting point for inner practice, like in the next week take an inventory and see, when am I not entirely truthful? What's happening there? What's going on? You know, one of the examples that, I, that comes to mind for me is when I was a teenager, I thought I had big feet. You know, every teenager thinks he or she has some or many parts of the body uh, poorly shaped. And, and I thought my feet were too big, so when people would ask me what size shoe you wear, I always would... Uh, bring it down a little bit, you know, because I thought I had big feet. You know, my father had bigger feet than me, but I don't think it was an issue for him. Or, but, but I would, you know, so I would, so I would, uh, I would minimize, you know. So we have to look in terms of truthfulness at situations where there are exaggerations, half-truths, omissions. So that's part of the invitation for next week. See how we do that. See how... So these guidelines become starting points for, for mindfulness. The second is, uh, is helpfulness. And we can really uh, work also with asking, am I helpful? See, because we could be truthful and actually have uh, the motivation to hurt someone and not be helpful. We call that dumping. Right? And it's actually, many of us probably in the past have developed that quite well. The ability to be extremely truthful, but not with, the, not with the helpfulness and not with the good heart, right? Anyone have that in your background, at least occasionally? <laughs> right. right. And so we, we, we know that. That's why all four of them being combined is so crucial. So second is helpfulness. We want to, um, it's really about intention again, seeing what is my motivation for this talking? And so sometimes I would, uh, when I, one, at one point I worked with these guidelines with a group for six months, and I had the four 
qualities on the wall, and I'd get a telephone call, and I would be, you know, during the first few rings, I would check in, truthful, helpful, good heart, good timing, hello, you know. And you can do that as a practice, you know. Uh, you can work with these guidelines like that. Another one, another one of my students, when she would have difficult conversations, she would write the four guidelines in her hand and keep on looking at them. I used to keep them when I'd be at meetings. I would put the four guidelines on and I would track what was going on in terms of those guidelines. This is something to develop. Coming out of a good heart, again, very, very crucial. And, it's, and sometimes, when, again, when we condense right speech, we, we do it and we say, try to be present and come out of a good heart when we really try to give very minimal speech instructions, we might say, be present and come out of a good heart. And that, those two instructions go a long way. So it's really to, to um, be cultivating that, to really have our speech come out of a kind heart. Now, that uh, can go hand in hand with being firm, setting boundaries, saying no, being forceful. The good heart doesn't mean that we're pushovers or overly nice. So, crucial point we can, that'll become important when we look to challenges. And the fourth aspect is, is timing and appropriateness. And again, with all those, with the helpfulness and with the good heart, we also want to see when am I not being helpful? When am I not having the good heart? When am I coming out of some other motivation? What's there? Right? And some, so some of this is taking an inventory of my speech, and some of this is not easy, right, to see. If we're really honest with ourselves, it can be, be hard. And so we can really uh, work with these uh, qualities of helpfulness, uh, coming out of a good heart, and, um, and being, uh, of having good timing, of really noticing, really asking that question, you know, and it also relates to appropriateness. Is my speech appropriate? Is it necessary, right? So traditionally, this also want, invited us to look at when I'm just overly distracted in my speech. When am I just chattering on? You know, is my speech appropriate and so forth? And um, so we want to keep, in, keep on working with these guidelines. So you might want to do something like that. Use these guidelines for the next week in an active way in your communication. It could be that you just remember them at the beginning of the day. You could put a little card, make a little note for yourself. And what, we're, what I'm inviting is just to work with these and see what comes up. See what comes up in the next week. And in fact, I'll, I'll be inviting that tool plus the tool of trying to be present with your, when you speak, be, be here, and pause from time to time. Those will be the tools that I'll invite for the next week. So, and if that's too much, just choose one of them. <laughs> just, that's, that's fine, because I'm trying to condense things. If I, if I had my luxury, I would just do one tool a week, okay? But I'm, I'll, I'll mention those three things. The four guidelines, press, cultivating more presence, and then pausing from time to time. And we'll do, the, we'll do these in an exercise in, in a moment. And so maybe just the last thing to say is that um, we, we, the practices fit under the category of uh, first, presence and awareness. 
what we do to be more aware when we're speaking. Secondly, intention. The intention to work with these guidelines could be the intention to connect, to understand, to be there for another person. And then lastly, there's the area of action. You know, how actually do we speak? You know, we, got, we have some suggestions from these four guidelines. We, we, are, we are to speak truthfully, to speak helpfully, to speak out of, out of, you know, with uh, kindness. And we'll be actually in uh, some of the next uh, gatherings next week and the week after. We'll be a little more specific about that third area because there's, there are actually some further helpful guidelines on how actually to speak. And so I think what's distinctive really about this approach is that we're really connecting, we're trying to connect inner and outer awareness together. So let's do, let's do an exercise now. Uh, we'll do this, uh, it'll be about, take about maybe 12 or 15 minutes. So find a partner, someone next to you, and introduce yourself. And raise your hand if you need a partner. Anyone need a partner? Okay. So why don't you um, just join the group of two? Okay. Okay. So introduce yourself. And what we'll be doing is we'll be doing some of the speech practice that follows from uh, what I was just covering. So we'll actually have the lived experience of bringing this into action. Okay? And we'll be, and this will be the suggestion for us to work with in the next week. We'll work with the four guidelines. We'll work with being present as best we can. And later we'll give more uh, specificity to what being present means. So first, the four guidelines. Second, being present. And thirdly, um, from time to time, pausing. So slowing down the speech, stopping from time to time, okay? So you've, intro you've introduced yourself. Now I'd like um, each of you just to reflect for yourself on this question. How would I like to develop further in my own speech practice? For each person to answer that question. Right now, silently. Okay. Is that enough time? And what we'll do is we'll have We'll have each person have a chance to speak for about three minutes. In the speaking, I'll invite, there'll be uh, a speaker and a listener. And uh, let's have the person who, uh, well, let's have in each group decide who will go first. Okay. And Raise your hand if you're going first. Okay, each group should have one person going first. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
<laughs> the person who's, who uh, is the speaker will especially focus on speaking with those guidelines in mind. Okay? The person, and for the group of three, you'll have to do, you'll have to time yourself and do two minutes each. Okay? We're going to do three minutes each. And so the speaker will especially focus, and I'll give some time for setting intention, will focus on let me be truthful and come out of, you know, be helpful, come out of my heart, okay, and so forth, in whatever way seems appropriate. And then for the listener, especially focus on being present, okay, as a listener. And midway through, uh, I'll ring the bell and we'll take a pause. Okay, we'll just pause, come back to yourself. If the speaker can work on being present, that's great, but uh, if it's enough just to work with the guidelines, that's fine. <laughs> okay, so, and we'll do it for three minutes. I'll ring the bell to start and I'll ring the bell to finish. So, any questions about that? Yeah. What are we speaking about? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I didn't make the connection. The content is going to be what you just reflected on. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's to, to the speaker will speak about how, uh, how uh, the speaker would like to develop in speech practice. And you can yeah, you know, say what you, be as candid as you wish. Yeah. Is the pause between the speakers or in the midst of the speaker? The pause is in the midst. It'll be, I'll do it after about a minute and a half. And I'll, I'll ring a bell for us to pause, okay? So, you, so I'll time that. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what the point of it is because when I talk to Amara about my intention, that's it's going to be easy to be those four things because it's not a at all a you know a difficult situation. Or, yeah. So what's what are we? What's, what's the what's the point? What's the, point? the point is to uh, give attention to those areas in a safe, protect, relatively safe, protected environment, which is really how we learn a lot of this. We, pra we practice not we, we practice first in the easier environments, and we strengthen it. Even though uh, you can do that easily, you will be developing more uh, clarity of intention, more focus on that area, on, on all these themes. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. yeah, thanks. Thanks for the question. Yeah, okay? Okay, now in all of this, intention is a very crucial factor. And so what we'll be doing before each person speaks, we'll be doing about 15 seconds to set the intention. And it's something you can bring into your daily life. It's just taking these short periods of time to work with intention. It could be before a meeting with someone, you go over the guidelines just for a minute or something, or you say, I want to really try to connect. This becomes actually a crucial part of the practice, okay? So, um, we'll do about 15 seconds to set the intention. It'll be a little different for the speaker, remember just the four guidelines, for the listener particularly focusing on being present. Okay? So, I'll ring the bell in about 10 or 15 seconds to start. So, set your intentions now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
just simple. So impossible. So I really ask yourself, am I telling you the whole truth? What is the truth I should be telling you? So now uh, a pause for about uh, 15 seconds. I'll ring the bell to continue. During the pause, you can just come back to your body, to being present. Okay, continue. the speaker can bring your words to a close and come back to just to being present with yourself and we'll switch speaker becomes listener listener becomes speaker and okay and we'll again uh, set intentions so for the speaker it's to work with the four guidelines for the listener, it's to be, to be as present as you can. So I'll ring the bell to start in about uh, 15 seconds. Set your intentions. Okay.
Now pausing, just for, just for a few moments, pausing, coming back to your body, your breath. Let's have all the, all the groups pause now, please. Okay, and we'll start again. The second speaker can finish up, finish the thought you're on. And now we'll we'll do a third part. So the group with three, are are you? Uh, how are you doing? You're done. Oh, good, excellent. So, and this next part you you can do exactly like the others. Okay, so let's, uh, let me have your attention. Part three, just like you to talk informally with your partner or partners about anything you noticed about bringing a little more intention through the pause, through the being present, through the use of the guidelines, just anything that you noticed that was interesting. You have about three minutes, and here it's just uh, informal discussion. No speaker, listener, not so structured a little bit more like daily life, and we'll keep the same intention, okay? Here, I'd like you to choose one, one tool, 
that he either uh, could be either the guidelines, the four guidelines, or it could just be let me stay in my heart. It could just come down to that or the quality of being present. You can choose one of those and try to bring that into this more informal time. Okay? Is that clear enough? So we'll set the intention. The content is whatever you noticed that was interesting about the, the exercise we just did. Clear enough? Okay. So now we'll again set your intention and I'll ring the bell to start in about 15 seconds. Could be again to be with the guidelines, to come out of the heart, to be present. Okay. Set, Set your intentions. The bell will be rung to start in 15 seconds. Okay. Now come to a pause. Just pause for a moment. Notice if there's any momentum in your body about to say something. Just notice what the mind's doing, what the body's doing. Stay with that for just a little while now. And continue.
So bring your, bring your thoughts to a close. Maybe finish up with whatever you're on. And in whatever way you'd like, uh, thank your partner or partners. And we'll come back to the whole group. So let's finish up now and come back to the whole group. Okay. Would anyone like to anyone like to share an observation? We have we have a little bit of time for sharing. For asking any questions. Any we have maybe five or six minutes. Any any observations, please. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you might be um, so great. Great observation that the uh, might you know you're looking asking about the connection with gender roles in particular, whether there may be so much of the intention to help that it it overrides the quality of awareness or presence. Yeah. And someone just said, might not be so helpful. <laughs> That's a, up for grabs. But, but, but mostly we're just observing and really noticing that, yeah, that, that uh, the intention uh, can be a good one, but it can also get in the way of awareness, possibly. And that, that's a great observation. Because we, you know, the suggestion here is that there's going to be a combination of awareness <coughs> practices, skillful intentions, and a skillful action in terms of speech. How do we integrate all of those? And that we have a way of connecting inner awareness and outer awareness and outer action at the same time. And if one of those elements overrides the others, that might be, at least for this model, that would be a problem. Right? So great, please. So this is related to that. I, yeah. I think it is kind of a gender thing as well, which yeah. is, I was noticing that when, when I was listening, I was constantly, what she was saying, thinking about in my own mind is, oh, that's like me, or I do that, or da-da-da, and and sort of, um, you know, just uh, not comparing in a bad way, but just, just, you know, making, trying to make a connection of how that relates to my life. Yeah. Like in a good way, I think that sort of is empathetic, but it's also not not entirely present. Yeah, so great observations. uh, 
uh, Deb was really noticing these tendencies to really uh, make connections as the other person was talking uh, to make connections. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I'm like that, or I do it this way, or whatever, which is connective, potentially very connective, and yet it's taking her out of the present, right? And maybe related to, to gender. I remember. How many of you read that book from a few years ago called uh, you, Ju- you Just Don't Understand? Remember Deborah, Deborah Tannen? And she said that men tend by their conditioning to give report talk, and women tend by their conditioning to do rapport talk. <laughs> you know, where they're always interested in the connection, right? So, um, and, but also noticing that that, again, can take one out of the present. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll track that. So maybe... Two, yeah, two more comments in the back and then inside. The yeah. Well, I hope it's okay to share this YouTube video that got sent to me of this man and woman sitting on a couch and she wants to tell him how she feels, which is not very good. And he so wants to fix it. He so wants to yeah. tell her. And she's saying, it's like this pressure and it's, you know, and he's, he, he just, and she's like, no, 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 stop talking. I just want you to listen. And it's so hard for him, but he finally is just quiet and listens, and finally they pan out, and she has a nail in the middle of her face. <laughs> and, you know, he's been wanting to pull it out. Anyway. <laughs> that was great. Maybe you can, uh, you can share that. We can share that through the list, the Wednesday list. There's some wonderful, I, I also have been collecting a little bit, there's spoofs of, if you look up uh, on the internet, there's a spoof called, uh, uh, I feel triggered. <laughs> There's a whole line of spoofs of overly sensitive people talking about their communication. You know, like, you know, when you said that, I was sent into a shame spiral that connected with my early conditioning. <laughs> it was just good. You know, this is all about one roommate trying to get have the other pay the part her part of the bill. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, please, please. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Donald. Yeah. I, I, do, I don't know. I, uh, oh, I was triggered. No, I, yeah. I just wanted to sort of take a, a, a offer a counterpart that I don't, I don't know that I necessarily identify with uh, the, the gender uh, divide. I, I, feel, I, I feel that the way I approach things, that, or tend to approach things perhaps okay. as wanting to fix it or wanting to do yeah. something, or, or have have this kind of urge to try to to offer something and support, and what I really want to do is listen and feel the the impact of what is actually being you know, yeah. this, this person is trying to communicate, and I, I actually make an effort to be mindful of that. Yeah. But I think it's more of a quality difference rather than you know. Totally yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so the comment was about really having the motivation sometimes to be helpful, which you, even, in, even in the four qualities offered by the Buddha, the helpfulness could lead to wanting to do things, fix problems, etc. But it really was, remind me of your name? Ron. Ron was really uh, noting uh, both intentions there, both the intention to help, to do something specific, but also to listen carefully. And, and uh, so I think we're, you know, uh, the main thing for us, like for this next week, is to see what's there. Some of that may be aspects of conditioning. Some of it could be personal habits, personal patterns that have developed. Some of it may be where you've actually done a lot of, lot of work and you can really listen carefully. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, so let me, let me just finish with uh, two things. One is uh, the invitation for the next week is to work especially with these uh, practices that we've just done. That is, work with the four guidelines. You can use those, if you, if you haven't done in the past, as a way to just study what's there, much like we were doing. You know, and really interesting to notice, oh, I'm really helpful, but I'm not always so present, or that can get in the way, right? Uh, very interesting observations. Or it could be others that I'm, uh, just to see what, what happens. Like when I did this with a group, uh, I noticed that I was stronger in some of the four guidelines than in others. Especially when I was busy, I was almost always truthful and helpful, but I wasn't always coming out of such a good heart. Right? I was, okay, let me just be helpful and truthful and get this over with so I can move on to what's next, because I'm busy. Right? So just to notice that, right? Just to notice what's there. You know, and in particular, busyness plays a big role in a lot of this, right? In this culture, right? So just to notice, that's really per- part of the purpose here, and to notice as much as possible non-judgmentally what's there. We can come back and share. And then also to work with, um, I'm suggesting these three, the guidelines, to work with being present. See what takes you out of being present. You know, it could be busyness, rush. A lot of it's just forgetting to be present or just caught in the automatic mind. And then use the tool of pausing. You know, it could be different ways. It could be just to stop you know, even if you're talking with someone and the other person, if it's, if it's not too long, the other person will be okay with it. <laughs> you, could, you could also pause by just, you know, you know, taking a little break or, you know, saying I have to go to the bathroom or whatever. There's a lot of creative ways to pause. And uh, so work, work with the pause. If you have a friend who, you know, someone you can talk to who's willing to also pause and you share the technique, it's really partly because we're we're so you know we're often so driven in our speech, right? Just, and this is really a pausing for the purpose of being aware. And it's actually quite a valuable. It's a very simple tool, but very valuable. Okay. So the invitation is for next week to work with those three. If if that feels too much, just choose one of them. It could just be to choose pause, or it just could choose to be present if it feels like too much. And then we'll compare notes, and I'll bring in a few other tools next week. We'll continue with that. And let me just finish with, uh, uh, I think, uh, two quotations. Or maybe, maybe I'll just do one of these. This is from uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. And I think I also will, next time I'll bring in some handouts. I'll have some handouts that will have some further materials uh, and resources. Okay? This is from Thich Nhat Hanh about skillful speech. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful speech and the inability to listen to others, I vow to cultivate loving speech and deep listening in order to bring joy and happiness to others and relieve others of their suffering. Knowing that words can create happiness or suffering, I vow to learn to speak truthfully with words that inspire self-confidence, joy, and hope. I am determined not to spread news that I do not know to be certain and not to criticize or condemn things of which I am not sure. I will make all efforts to reconcile and resolve all conflicts, however small. This is, some, this is part of his commentary on right speech or skillful speech. 
But I wish you a good week of practice. And take some notes. Um, have fun. <laughs> and we'll come back and see what we explored and, and continue with some further tools. So thank you. And may we offer the benefits of our explorations and our practices to each other and ultimately to all beings. Thank you. Uh, I'm going Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.